How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world broadcasting. From the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A man who is not pretending inflation is not a real issue. Nancy Pelosi telling the Sunday shows we need to stop talking inflation because it's a worldwide issue. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. Stuart Varney is going to stop by in this hour to explain why the House Speaker spent the weekend sniffing glue. Uh, Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody in the House, along with Ohio congressional candidate Madison Jesse Otto on what is shaping up to be a big Monday, 888-788-788. Nine nine one zero. We will be taking your text, tweets, calls, carrier pigeons, whatever you're into. Uh, the only real rule we have this Monday and every Monday, as you know, you can be a Republican, you could be a Democrat. We don't care. It's 15 days to go until the midterms. We're having adult conversations. All are welcome to participate. Just don't be a. That is it. As we get underway, happy Monday. Big week for me. Uh, I am in town for four days. And then I am off to Spokane, Washington. I will be at the Spokane Comedy Club this coming Friday and Saturday. You can still get tickets for that at SpokaneComedyClub.com. Uh, big week on the Failavision. I'll be on Gutfell with our lovable comedy dwarf Thursday night. Uh, you will also see me on the Outnumbered Couch. I just got off America's Newsroom a few moments ago. And uh, if you missed that hit, you can see the video on the Fox Across America Facebook page where I also posted the big news that Lincoln Fela and the Clark Rams picked up their sixth win of the year. Well, we're on oh, girl. There it is. Take off the apron, Jenny Fallon. We are going out tonight. The Clark Rams win 28-19. to Lincoln's team was down 19 points in the first quarter of the game. It was not pretty, but they came roaring back, and they picked up a 28-19, the victory. And I know I joke a lot about betting my son's high school football games. Uh, but l- listen, folks, number one, the rent don't pay itself. Number two, the way this economy is going now, we're 15 days until the midterms. Democrats are about to get annihilated. I agree with that. It's bad, okay? And I'll give you the clues as to why. I'm going to play you some Pelosi clips. I'm going to play you some Biden clips. But the number one issue, the number one issue in the country, the only thing anybody cares about right now is their wallet. Inflation, the economy, the cost of gas. 
every issue that matters in the polls has to do with wallets. It's either the cost of things or it's crime, in which case your wallet might get stolen from you. But anywhere you look, it is your wallet. Okay, Joe Biden just tweeted a moment ago. Now, to be clear, it was not Joe Biden tweeting. They do not allow him to do his own tweets. Could you imagine if he tweeted the way he talked? It would look like a cat walked across the keyboard. You know, imagine the syntax on that CTML PT531 7259. I mean, how do you tweet this word? I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international effort to pressure. True international ever. <laughs> how do you tweet that? Oh, I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and Biden's lost his marbles. He's a mess. And so is anybody who thinks they're about to turn this around in the next 15 days. Okay. Polling shows almost 80% of the country thinks we're going in the wrong direction, the wrong direction, and their wallets are getting annihilated. But moments ago, Biden tweeted, if you give me two more senators, I'll codify Roe versus Wade. You gotta do better than that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about the codification of Roe versus Wade. Yes, a couple of far left yahoos who live in blue states that are already going to have all the abortion they want anyway, they might respond to that. But the A, B, C, D, and E issue is the economy. Biden's tweeting with 15 days to go, abortion for everybody. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, the Democrats, you know, they say, read the room. They're not in the room. They're not in the room. Here is Nancy Pelosi saying straight up, we've got to change the subject on inflation because it's not just an American problem, as if that's any consolation to Americans getting smoked. But the point is, when it comes to reading the room, okay, in this instance, the room happens to be the kitchen, the kitchen being the dinner table where families talk about issues, where families talk about the fact that the rising cost of goods has left the servings a little bit skimpier at most kitchen tables around the country. The Democrats, completely oblivious to this and wildly out of touch with it, think everybody else is a coastal white elitist who cares about climate change, who cares about late-term abortion. That's what the Democrats are running on. The American people are like, we're broke. We can't afford all the government spending. And the Democrats are like, good news, we're going to do something about the weather in 50 years. They're crazy. Even better, you can abort your babies. That's, uh, you know, inflation sucks, but if you just start killing the kids. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. These people are idiots. Here is Pelosi, clip 14. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. The EU, the European Union, the UK, the British have higher inflation rate than we do here. It's not the fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. What an idiot. It's not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. What the hell did you just say? Hey, jackass. <laughs> Inflation is the cost of living. It is. The, that's exactly what it is. It's driving up the cost of living. Food costs more. Clothes costs more. Gas costs more. Okay? Your car costs more. This could be a problem. Everything costs more. So when Nancy Pelosi gets on the TV set and says, it's not about inflation. Why'd she do that, Jim? Because she's an idiot. Bingo. Just a tone-deaf idiot. And again, 
when people are being financially crippled by a 40-year phenomenon, telling them that it's worse than the European Union is no consolation. You want to know why? Because they don't live in the European Union. Okay, they don't care. America, we're supposed to be the shiny city on the hill. Okay, real leadership is not, okay, well, we're not so shiny, but, you know, there's some shanties over across the seas in the European Union and aren't as good. None of that changes the fact that democratic policies have run our economy into the ground. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, and I'm going to give you something. Okay, here is Pelosi, something most economists, when I say most, like 99.4%, say the American Rescue Plan. Do you remember that time the Democrats cut everybody a $1,400 check rather than reopening the economy? They're like, I've got it. We'll print and spend trillions of dollars we don't have. That is financial lunacy. But what did they do? They incorporated $1,400 checks into that financial lunacy. They called it a COVID bill, the American Rescue Plan. 9% of the money went towards COVID. What a fraud. But here is Pelosi being asked, hey, did all that spending... Did all that spending contribute to inflation uh, with a $1,400 checks an issue? Here it is, clip 15. But on things like sending, you know, those $1,400 checks, putting yeah. cash out there, right. I mean, didn't that end up contributing to inflation? Do you have any regrets about the bills you passed and how you structured them? No, absolutely not, because this that was necessary uh, for people to survive. Our purpose it was, it was that it was inflationary. The, the, but, but the point is, is that when you reduce unemployment, it's inflationary. That is a fact. But on you must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? OK, just for reference. OK, we like a fair conversation on this show. Not an activist. I tell you that every day. I'm just a little old talk show host talking to you about the issues. Okay, Nancy Pelosi says, not at all. This did not contribute to inflation. Here is James Clyburn of South Carolina saying to MSNBC, all of us knew that the recovery program was going to raise prices. All of us. This is clip 18. Well, let me make it very clear. All of us are concerned about these rising costs. And all of us knew. This would be the case uh, when we put in place this recovery program. Anytime you put more money uh, into uh, the economy, uh, prices uh, tend to rise. Whoa. So he says all of us knew. All of us knew this would be the case when we put in the the recovery program. But Nancy Pelosi says that's not the case. Yo, Nancy Pelosi. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. But there are people right now. That, you know, just activist shills in the media. Okay, Ali Velshi over at MSNBC, not a name you should know. But let me give you this shill, because what Ali Velshi wants you to believe is, yeah, we're 15 days to go until the midterms. Yeah, the Democrats are now projecting to lose everything. Okay, as these races have taken shape in the stretch run and become more issue-centric, they're now projecting to lose Everything like actually the House, they're projecting now, according to the real clear politics average to lose the Senate or they're in a bad spot. Why? Because people's pocketbooks are the A, B and C issue of every single election. Right now, people are getting annihilated by inflation. Here is Ali Velshi saying this is all a scare tactic by the Republicans. That's what it is. Shut up. Will you shut up? Nope, he's not going to shut up. I'm going to play his clip. Clip 17. 
listen, one of the things I want to talk to you about specifically is this conversation that I just had about inflation. Um, I, I do not want to belittle anybody's experience with inflation. We are all feeling it. Uh, we, we are feeling it in our daily lives. It is real, but it has been transformed into something that Republicans, in particular running for Congress, are blaming Joe Biden and Democrats for specifically when, in fact, there is no economic evidence uh, or mathematical evidence or any other kind of evidence that that's actually true. You told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard of in my whole life. So Ali Velshi says there is no economic evidence or mathematical evidence of any other kind on inflation that's actually true. Yo, I'll play it again. Here is James Clyburn flat out saying we, the Democrats, the one who passed the bill. We knew it was going to raise up your prices. Oh, wow. Again, Ali Velshi, I just played you the clip. Republicans are trying to scare people. They're blaming Joe Biden and the Democrats specifically when, in fact, there's no economic evidence. There's no mathematical evidence. I guess James Clyburn doesn't count as evidence. But here he is again saying they knew it would raise prices. Clip 18. Well, let me make it very clear. All of us are concerned about these rising costs. And all of us knew this would be the case uh, when we put in place this recovery program. Anytime you put more money uh, into uh, the economy, uh, prices uh, tend to rise. Did you hear that? All of us knew anytime you put prices, money into the economy, Prices tend to rise. I admire your honesty. He's flat out admitting they caused inflation and knew they would. Now you got Ali Velshi and MSNBC saying, oh, it's all a Republican scare tactic. The media is a bunch of losers. They really are. But no one's going to lose more because of this indifference than the Democratic Party. The Griswolds are back in a comedy so good it's raising prices everywhere. Introducing National Lampoon's Inflation. (laughs) Congress has spent the country into oblivion, and now they want to spend even more. I think you're all in the head. But the rising cost of food has the Griswolds making tough choices. Well, am I going to eat? Or am I going to starve to death? Will they find a creative way to come up with the cash for their pricey new lifestyle? You, freeze, freeze. Come on, lie down. Let's go lie down. Or are they all living on borrowed time? Why don't you just ask him for the money, Eddie? You sure as hell can. Take a hint. National Lampoon's Inflation. We're not really violent people. This is our first gun. Now playing in stressed out households everywhere. And coming soon to a bankrupt theme park near you. Sorry, folks. Park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. Call and speak to Jimmy now. I'm trying to use the phone. 888-788-9910. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. 
Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Here's Joe Biden on Friday making his midterm prediction. It is clip one. I'm back and forth with them ahead, us ahead, them ahead, back and forth. And the polls have been all over the place. I think uh, that we're going to see one more shift back to our side in the closing days. You can't handle the truth. They're in big trouble. If you're looking at the real clear politics average right now, okay, the Republicans are now projecting to win over 50 states. Okay, closing in on Barack Obama's record number of lost seats. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Okay, but you took about 50 seats they could potentially pick up in Congress. You talk about the Senate. They're now projecting to come out with a clean majority right now in the Senate as well. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. Now Biden's screwed. And I will just tell you this. It's, you know, it's sad in the sense that. Joe Biden is not his own man anymore. You've heard me say that this presidency is an iTunes user agreement. They just tell him to scroll to the bottom and click I agree. Okay, click I agree. We got some climate change policies. Click I agree. We just decimated our border policies. Click I agree. We just killed the Keystone Energy Pipeline. That's what they're doing to the guy. And the problem is their priorities are not your priorities. So even on a day like today, Biden's Twitter account is tweeting about abortion at a time when people are getting smoked, smoked on the economy. Nobody cares. And the fact that he is not his own man, because Joe Biden as a career politician, whatever you think of the guy, you might not like him personally, but he'd have enough horse sense to know the message needs to change. But the message isn't changing. Their closing argument, okay, is you got to look at politics like a restaurant, okay? The customers are saying, this food sucks. And the Democrats are saying, I've got it. We'll give them bigger portions. And that's what's going on in the closing argument as the polls now show Republicans trending to three pickups, okay, in the Senate, okay, to massive pickups in the House. The Democrats aren't changing their message. They're saying, well, you must want abortion and climate change or you're some kind of a white supremacist. You must want your kids to change genders or you're some kind of a transphobe. None of those things put food on tables. None of those things pay bills. None of those things keep people safe, which is why Democrats are about to get their asses handed to them. Tell them like it is. Okay, James is down in Tyler, Texas. That's where I'm heading next. Yo, James. Jimmy. My man. Man, it is good to hear from you. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the call. Uh, I just heard this vicious rumor that you are coming down to East Texas again. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I did to piss off my agents, but yes, I can confirm uh, that they have sent me back. We're going to Tyler. We're going to be in Longview Friday. Is that the promo you heard? I believe it's called Papacitas. 
I'm, whatever. I'm, if it's if it's within forty five minutes, I'm making the drive. All right, but forty six. I'm not worth forty six. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to stretch it. For you, Jimmy, I consider you a forty five minute act. Okay, you're not in my one hour class <laughs> yet, but I'll keep working hard. But continue. <laughs> I'll make the drive wherever it is. Hey, uh, I just wanted to touch base with you because I want to make sure that you and Lincoln are doing okay. Uh, I, I look. I, there is nothing that is sweeter to me than an Astros victory over the New York Yankees. But I felt a little bit bad because I really like you and I like Lincoln, and I just I, I hate that for y'all. I know that that had to have been painful for you. I mean, after the trash can thing, and y'all just can't seem to get over it. And there's nothing that fires up Astro fans more than booing. Uh, booing Yankee fans. No, I know you guys got a big kick out of that. And uh, so far as I know, you guys won this one on the level. There were no stolen signs. There were no trash cans. The only trash was this phone call I just took. James, I kid. I will see you in Longview on the 11th day of November. Lincoln might be there too, but you got to go in the meantime. Get him out of here. Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Reality. With a bit of insanity, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The stock market was falling, but there was Joe on the lawn. Saying the bill they passed would help me and you. But inflation is soaring And my savings are gone Joe can't remember who he's talking to Joe's a liar and he's insane He spends sunny days in the basement with no friends He's seen Hunter's crimes but the press won't cover them and he's shaking hands with invisible men. Uh-oh, James Taylor's back on the White House lawn. They must be passing another counterproductive inflation bill. Joining us now on the show, someone knows an awful lot about that. You talk about an embarrassment of radio riches, okay? This is just our booker showing off. Nobody even believed me this morning when I said it was going to happen. Stuart Varney is in studio. Can you confirm that? Oh, Jimmy, flattery is the mother's <laughs> milk of radio and television. You know it. <laughs> I know, you know, Varney. Uh, and he, he is here at his own free will. Uh, uh, people were asked if this was a hostage situation. You can blink twice to confirm you're okay. I am perfectly okay. <laughs> I am ready, willing, and able to talk to you. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Well, I want to start with your series, and then I'm going to get into some grown-up conversations. But American Built, it's hosted by Stuart Varney. It's Monday nights at 9 p.m. on FBN, on Fox Business. Um, I find American Built to be so perfectly timed to this moment. 
Why? Because it's a celebration of American exceptionalism at a time when we don't have a lot of that in our politics. Well, it's a celebration of what you can do, yes. what America did do, mm-hmm. given the right amount of courage, dynamism, and drive. Yeah. I, th- I suspect that we're no longer that country. No. <laughs> no, I think we've become the no-can-do guys <laughs> as opposed to the can-do guys. Isn't it weird? So let me say that, Stuart Varney. Isn't it crazy as someone who has co- you know, covered politics? Barack Obama once won the presidency on a message of, yes, we can. Exactly. Which in this day and age, they'd be like, check your privilege, half-white guy. What do you mean, yes, we can? Easy for you to say. You can't do anything in America without a lawsuit. (laughs) There'll be a lawsuit for every single thing that ever happens at any time, and Uh that'll hold everything up. You can't do things today. You can't build things, can you? I mean, in all seriousness, you, you can't just get on with it and do it. Think, think about this, like something something like building a wall politically. Okay, in theory, a wall would be, you know, a two-day job. But then you get lawsuits and zoning and, you know, environmental protections and everything in, be- in between. The point is now you got no wall. Yeah. Trump managed to build, what yes. was it, 300 miles of mm-hmm. wall? Yep. Despite intense opposition, mm-hmm. despite the lawsuits and all the rest of it, here's a guy – who could do things mm-hmm. like America. He's a can-do guy. Biden is the exact opposite when mm-hmm. you think about it. You know <laughs> What the hell can this guy actually do? <laughs> well, listen, he can shake hands with invisible people. I've never seen you do it, Varney. I've seen you do a lot of impressive things. I'm watching the TV. I'm like, that Varney's a talented cat. Yeah, but I'm I five have... years younger than the president. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've got a way to go before I get like that. <laughs> well, listen, everybody always says he's Jimmy Carter, but to his credit, it took Jimmy Carter four years to do what Biden did in one and a half. Absolutely. It is kind of an accomplishment that we're in the position we're in, is it not? We should have seen it coming. Yeah, no, we should. I mean, you really should have seen this coming. Mm -hmm. Biden's job was to beat Trump. Yep. Once he'd beaten Trump, okay, we don't want to know about the guy. That was it. And then he goes into a series of gaffes and messes up all the time. This is not a president that you can have a great deal of confidence in, mm-hmm. but you've got to say, long live Joe Biden, yeah. because uh-huh. behind him is Kamala Harris. <laughs> it really is his best move ever when you think about it. You know. Staying alive, Joe. <laughs> Staying alive. <laughs> what a firewall he's got there. Stuart Varney is in studio, American Built. It's, uh, he hosted himself. It is on FBN Mondays at 9 o'clock. Uh, really quickly, things that jumped out at me on the episode list, Las Vegas. I'm heading to Las Vegas next week to do stand-up at the Red Rock Resort. Uh, it is sold out. You can't get tickets, but Stuart Varney could still get in. But the point is uh, they rebuilt Vegas uh, after, I guess, uh, you know, the premise being that the mafia was kind of thrown out. The billionaires came in. The corporations came came in. How did they do that? I mean, it's fascinating to me. Wall Street came in with the money. Is that what it was? And showed that you could make a profit mm-hmm. in a gambling den like Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I think of Vegas, I always think, my goodness me, what would Vegas look like if it was a government project? Oh, Had it not been private enterprise building this brilliant, miraculous place in the middle of the desert, what would the government have done with it? It mm-hmm. would have looked bloody awful, would yes, it not? It would, I would have and that, that's, the, that's the message here. You can do stuff with private enterprise, and it works. Just get out of the way. Thank you. I, I will quote uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, you know, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem, but it's true. And is that not the point of a lot of this series, is that we were a lot more efficient with less government? Three or four or five words that we should bear in mind. 
Hi, I'm from the government. I only want to help you. <laughs> that was that was an appalling attempt at an American accent. I liked I, it though. I, I, I liked Stuart Varney. No, I've convinced everyone that you're faking it. And you grew up in New Jersey. I've <laughs> had true. this talk. I've had this talk with Cavuto. I'm like, I'm not buying the whole Varney thing. I know it. <laughs> I've seen him at the Molly Pitcher rest stop. He's what? like, Hey, Maria, get in the car. I'm kidding. <laughs> get in the car. I don't have to take this. But it's good the way you do it. It's like a ventriloquist act. I Where'd can't. you get your energy from? <laughs> I, I mean, granted, you're only half my age, but. You've got a lot of energy for a guy. You know what I'm like, Stuart Varney? I really am like a dog with a job, and I'll explain. You know when you go to the airport and you see the bomb-sniffing dog or the drug-sniffing dog sniffing everybody's luggage and his tail's always wagging because he can't believe they're counting on a white Labrador to save the plane? <laughs> I am the media equivalent of a white Labrador. My tail's always wagging because I can't believe they're counting on me to sniff the bags and save the plane. <laughs> so I'm always here. What does that make me? Uh, I, I, hopefully a guy who's not about to throw a tennis ball because I'll chase it away and then we'll have nobody <laughs> sniffing the bags. That's all. <laughs> but, I'm laughing, but we have Stuart Varney in the house. Did you cover today? Um, on your show, the fact that Nancy Pelosi is trying to get people to dismiss inflation because it's a global issue. But it might be the worst consolation to the person affected by it I've ever heard. What Nancy Pelosi had to say today was pure desperation. I mean, she knows that the big issue in this election a few mm. days away mm. is inflation. Yep. And she can't accept that. She can't, she's got to get around that somehow or other. So she simply says, oh, we've got to change the subject. <laughs> well, no, you really cannot change the subject at this late date, especially because inflation is to some degree, to a large degree, your fault. Yep. You're the people who ended energy independence. You're the people who chucked 10% of the economy in cash into the economy. You spent trillions, and here we are with inflation. You cannot go to the country and say, it's not my fault, it's their <laughs> fault. You can't do that. It's you just a, can't. It's such bad messaging because, you know, if America is supposed to be the shining city on a hill, it seems so weird that their closing argument is, well, you should see the other cities. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what do you mean? But well, we live here. <laughs> what happened to our city? The message is always, uh, you know, it's not Good. No. No, that, 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 I've got that wrong. The message from the Democrats is deliberately obfuscation. I know that's mm. a, a stupid long word, but mm. it's, it's deliberately. Let's not talk about the border. Mm. Let's not talk about uh, inflation. Mm. Let's not talk about the economy because we're not doing very well there. Mm. When was the last time you ever had in a conversation? I don't know what your social circle is. Mm. When was the last time one said, huh? It's that January the 6th thing, I tell you. I tell you, that really <laughs> so is. That's gotten to me, I'm telling you. I'm going to vote on that. Have you ever heard that? I haven't. Maybe I'm in the wrong social circles. I don't never. know, but I've never heard it. <laughs> Stuart Varney's in studio telling it like it is. You are a bajillion percent right, is that nobody cares. You know, the, it's funny. To their credit, I'll give them credit for this. The Washington Post acknowledged that last week. They said Democrats have failed to make this a referendum on January 6th. The reason they failed is because their policies have taken us to a place where we can't afford superficial fights, meaning that was a luxury exactly. under Trump. We could pretend for three years that Trump was a Russian asset because we had nothing else to do. OK, now we got real problems, you know, yeah. and uh, we don't have the luxury of going back to January 6th. Most people now, Stuart, when you bring up January 6th, the most shocking thing that happened that day was the price of gas, the price of eggs and the price of bread. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to digress. No, but go ahead. But have you ever heard of the rotisserie chicken 
index. <laughs> I invented it. Before the pandemic, every single supermarket in America had those rotisserie chicken things. Yep. And usually it was five ninety nine a chicken. Yep. Fast forward to today, and it's eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine. And I was in a fancy supermarket in New York City over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Citarella, I think, is oh, the name yeah. of it. Okay, expensive stuff. <laughs> Their rotisserie chicken was fifteen dollars. Stop it! No, I'm not stopping it. Wow. That was the standard chicken. And wow. look at that. That's what inflation. That's the inflation that's real. Yeah. Everybody sees that kind of stuff. It is crazy. Like, I'm turning tricks behind the gas station to pay for a gallon of 87 octane. Time was I'd only be doing that for the love of the game. You're the terrible. fact that I'm doing it for the gas. It's nowhere <laughs> to live. But I will tell you this. Like, as somebody who, you know, I spent a lot of time driving a taxi in New York City. In my garage, and this is no exaggeration, I said this on the five on Friday, I was so in the minority ethnically in my garage with all of these wonderful men from every country on earth, some from other planets as well. I'm not going to lie. There were some there were some time travelers in that garage. OK, but none of them. And I mean this. They had always referred to me as the white guy. That was our running joke. The white guy. What's the white guy say? Because it's literally the only white guy. But I've really got to know a very, you know, a heavily diverse crowd. None of them care about anything the Democrats are pushing, whether we're talking about climate change. If you live in the inner city, and like you said, your rotisserie chicken has tripled in price, the last thing you care about is what the weather's going to do 10 years from now. Right. That is such a luxury. I mean, I don't use the term white privilege, but I consider it white privilege because it's only white coastal elites that care about climate change. The elites have grabbed control of our political institutions and bent them in a far-left kind of way. Yeah. And then they walk away from the problems that they have created. It's so the true. The coastal elites of California and the northeastern United States make me throw up. I don't mean to get too serious <laughs> on you. But, uh, they've, cre- they've created a country which I could barely recognized from the one that I came to nearly 50 years ago. Well, that's what's so crazy to me is everybody shares that sentiment, even if they've migrated recently. Like when you see how they're hemorrhaging Latino support, one of the reasons they're hemorrhaging Latino support is it's starting to resemble the country they fled. Isn't it crazy? And and, and they don't get that. But it's so hard to sell oppression to people who were actually oppressed. You know, they sell it well in this country because we have no perspective. They can't admit it. Yeah. They can't be honest. Yeah. They just can't. They have no answer, so they walk away. Mm-hmm. No answer, walk away. Yeah. That's just not good enough. No. We've we, we got to change course here. You've got to have some honesty, some nuts in the game. Imagine here. that. No, you I'm know. with you. And, and you know what else they need? They're going to need something to watch on election night because the Democrats are not going to want to watch these returns. So allow me. Do you uh, remember election night on 2016? Oh, do I ever. The season of the two. <laughs> oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> All the meltdowns it and everything. Such fun. I am so excited to get called a white supremacist by Joy Reid on election night this year. <laughs> My over-under for white supremacy is 8.05 on election night. They'll be showing Capitol footage, January 6th footage by 8.30. It's going to be a bad one. But you know what? They deserve it. It's a byproduct of their own making, is it not? It is 100% a byproduct of their own making, and I think there's going to be a red wave. I pray, I hope there's a red wave. It's going to happen. Stuart Varney was in our studio. We will always have this. This is a big deal. Uh, Really quick before you go. American Built. It's Monday night. It's 9 o'clock. You can watch it tonight on FBN. Uh, Not only do we hear about Vegas, the Verrazano Bridge, even the Houston Astrodome, uh, which is fascinating because the Astros just beat our New York Yankees. 
True. And it happens. What are you going to do? Uh, I didn't. I didn't bet that one. So you'll be happy to know I don't need to crash in your office again. This the Astrodome my... was something that I heard about when it was built, living in England in the 1960s. Wow. Um, back then, you know, 50, 60 yeah. years ago, we were so impressed. Look what these Americans did! <laughs> my goodness me, an air-conditioned stadium like that—that's incredible. <laughs> now we don't think quite the same way about what America can do. do no, we? we don't. But that's why I think the show is so good. If you watch the show, it's like a halftime speech if america was a ball team a football team because we're not playing championship ball right now but we got a good halftime speech this show really makes you believe in what makes america what it is it does nothing going on in washington does that's what we're trying for washington we can do washington is selling this car out for parts right now okay (laughs) Stuart varney has got this car on the lot the engine's running the tires look good i'm telling you i'm a believer again and i owe it all to you Stuart varney you're a good man. I don't care what they said you. You are a good man. That is Mike. Thanks for coming by. Sure We're back after this. It's America's number one radio lunch date. Get your hands out of my fries. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Buy your own damn fries. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Stuart Varney sums it up best. The Democrats are desperate. That's true. That is true. It's a bad spot. When you got 15 days to go between now and the midterms, you can't change it. Okay, we've been past the point of change now for about six months. Even the idiotic student loan forgiveness is in the process of getting shot down by the Supreme Court. Why? Because it's a scam. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Okay, but... Joe Biden's sticking with it because, according to his speech over the weekend, three colleges offered to make him their president. Listen to this rambling wreck of a clip. It's clip four. I, I told you a true story. When I, uh, um, when I left the vice presidency I, after, my, after Bo died, I wasn't going to get involved in politics anymore. So I became a full professor at the University of Pennsylvania. It didn't happen. But before that occurred, three universities came to me and said they wanted to interview me to consider my being a president of the university. My wife, who's a professor at a community college, has two masters and a PhD, but she's smarter than me. Uh, And uh, she looked at me, she said, if you do that, I'm leaving you. I mean, she said it's one of the toughest jobs in America, especially if you start arguing about parking spaces and office windows. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Why? Because he was never teaching class at the University of Pennsylvania. You have a hard time taking it as word that three colleges offered him to be their president. Why? Because this is also the same guy who told you what? Well, I was riding Amtrak as vice president. Angelo came up to me and he was like, hey, Joey, baby, you know, you've ridden more miles on Amtrak than anybody else in the world. There was only one small problem. Angelo, the man he's referring to, had died 10 years before Biden became vice president. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. This is the guy who told you, I drove a truck. I was a trucker, a long range trucker. Do you remember when the White House clarified that? They're like, well, what I think he meant is, uh, you know, he did ride shotgun in a school bus at one point, which is a big truck if we're being tacked. Yo, this is the president of the United States. We're not supposed to be grading his ability to converse in a sane way on a curve. It's the president of the United States. 
But I should probably commend him for this ridiculous story about being a college professor because at least he was awake for the Q&A. I am going to play you a clip in the next hour, at the top of the next hour, of Biden being interviewed by MSNBC over the weekend, and he straight up falls asleep during the interview. Like to the point that the guy wakes him up and goes, oh, Mr. President. Oh, there you are. Uh, He falls asleep. And again, I'm not, you know, taking any joy in saying this is a thing, except I am just taking the time to say this is a thing. Because the fact that people on the left don't want to acknowledge it because they see it as some type of a win to the people on the right. Yo, that's not how you make a country thrive. You don't make a country thrive by sweeping under the rug the fact that we have a president who quits talking in the middle of a statement because he's just decided that he's finished giving you a statement. Nah, I'm done. I quit. I'm out of here. If you like Biden so much, name three of his complete sentences. None of you can. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is, and we are fired up for a big hour of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who has never fallen asleep during an interview with MSNBC. Joe Biden asked a question about 2024, and if you set your stopwatch, it was about 20.24 seconds before he woke up. We have a president that is clearly not all there. We'll get into it. We're also going to have a grown-up talk about the state of children in this country with the attorney general from the state of Florida. Ashley Moody is going to be here. She is, of course, pushing back on behalf of her state against CDC guidance that recommended, recommended vaccines get added to the federal schedule of vaccines, despite the fact that we have no data whatsoever on the long-term or short-term effects of the vaccine on kids. This is total crap. Is it ever? 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this thing. But let's start out with the Biden stuff. Because this is fascinating. It's not really new in the sense that we've been covering this story since the minute he decided to run in 2020. We were watching him have moments on the debate stage where he was giving out the wrong phone number or forgetting where he was or talking to... Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone. You know, he's had a lot of weird moments. And this goes, again, this is before he became president. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> no, to be clear, I don't know the thing. I do not know the thing. But the point is, people who have been covering this president objectively have been saying the engine's running and there's nobody behind the wheel. And it's not because they're like right wing MAGA strongmen. It's not mega mega trickle down, as someone made Biden say in his teleprompter on Friday. Somebody. With a straight face in his focus group. Remember the ones who came up with Ultra MAGA? And then they made him give that red speech in Philadelphia where he was bathed in red light. And he said half the country was white supremacists. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And he had to walk it back three times over the next four days. Because everybody was like, how dare you? That was disgusting. But that's been the Democratic message. The Democratic message has been, you know, vote for me or you're a racist. There was a time where that was effective. Vote for me or you're a homophobe. Vote for me or you're a transphobe. That was an effective cudgel that got a lot of people to side with the Democrats, basically because social media turned our entire lives into a branding exercise. You don't want your brand 
associated with the toxic side. Hey, whoa, I don't want to be with Racy McRace face. I guess I better just go with these Democrats over here and put that in my profile picture. But now what's happened is Democrats have become the toxic brand. He knows what he's talking about. Democratic policies, not ultra MAGA, mega MAGA, can't believe it's not MAGA. Okay, inflation was 1% when Donald Trump left office. Inflation is 8.5% now. Biden sucks. Point being, that's not MAGA. Okay, gas was a dollar forty for a gallon cheaper when Biden took office. Biden sucks. But again, not mega mega. That is all Biden. The border, we just got the numbers. You know when the border numbers came out? Okay, they came out this past Friday night for the fiscal year 2022. The Border Patrol released their numbers on a Friday night after 9 p.m., when nobody on earth was watching the news wires. Why did they release them Friday night at 9 p.m.? Are you ready for it? Because that's where you bury bad news. Correct the mundo. Okay, we had over 2.3 million illegal border crossers. 2.3 million. It is an all-time high. You know what else we had? 599,000 gotaways. This could be a problem. That's people we don't even know who they are. Okay, 599,000 gotaways. You know how many people died trying to cross our border this year? 856. So when the Democrats, when Joe Biden, they get out there and they say, oh, it's inhumane. It's human trafficking, what Ron DeSantis did. He put 53 migrants on an air-conditioned bus, sent them up to Martha's Vineyard. That's human trafficking. It's inhumane. It's a humanitarian crisis. Yo, 856 people died. Whether they were suffocating, whether they were killed by the cartels, whether they drowned in a river, 856 people died. Did anybody die at Martha's Vineyard? The answer would be no. No, we're always fighting the wrong battles. The Democratic brand is a toxic brand. What they're going to try to do after the midterms when they lose everything known to man is they're going to start covering Biden objectively. They're going to say, well, it was Biden's fault, these Biden policies, this guy, nope, nope, sorry, can't run again. Get him out of here. That'll be the mantra. This is all going to get blamed on Biden. And that's the joke of the whole thing is Biden hasn't been his own man this entire presidency. Biden has just gotten into office and done whatever the hell they told him to. Okay, again, he is not the president so much as he is the guy who clicks I agree at the end of the iTunes user agreement. Hey, old man, we're going to kill the Keystone Energy Pipeline. But I don't know that. Hey, you want your pudding cup or what? Come on, man. All right, fine. I'll click I agree. Okay. Hey, old man, we're going to print and spend $5 trillion we don't have. I don't know, guys. That's a little. You want your pudding cup or what? Come on, man. And he signs it and clicks, I agree. This guy, it's sad. This guy is not in charge, okay? He's not even getting through interviews and staying awake. Here's a question, okay? He was asked on MSNBC Friday night about running again in 2024. He physically falls asleep during the question, so much so that the interviewer wakes him up and goes, Mr. President, oh, There you are, because he's literally dealing with a person who's fallen asleep talking to him. I do this all the time. At the end of a Friday, when I'm finished putting in my 90 hours of cable news coverage or whatever the hell I do, I don't sleep. I'm a lunatic. I read a lot. I'm up a lot doing stand-up. I'm doing shows. I'm traveling the country. And believe me, this is not a complaint. This is a guy having a great time. Uh, Nobody is having more fun than me in the history of media. So it's not woe is me. But the point is, there are times where I sit on my couch on a Friday night and I'm just literally falling asleep. I'm a zombie. And Lincoln makes videos of me on his cell phone where he'll have conversations with me and I am asleep. And he will actually say things and record me talking back. Like I was like, 
the other last two weeks ago. Next time he's on the show, I'll ask him about it. Uh, I just said the word ice picks to him. I have no idea why. He's just like, hey, daddy, watch it again. I go, ice picks. <laughs> he's a lousy dad, but he's right. Because I'm just out of it. I know what it's like to be falling asleep and get asked a question. I know what it's like to fall asleep and continue to talk after I've fallen asleep. This is all this is right here for Biden. It's clip five. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, <laughs> that, I, uh, that, that, we're, that we're doing something very important. I mean, dude, did you hear that? He goes, I'll give it to you one more time. But he goes, what is and what is, is Dr. Biden for it? And then you hear the interview go, Mr. President, meaning he's watched the man shut his eyes. If you've seen the video here, it is one more time. Clip five. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, that I uh, that, that we're that we're doing something very important. Have you ever had a check? I mean, if he has had a checkup, they're not releasing the records. And I think we all know why. This guy's a mess, man. I'm not saying to you that as like some right-wing MAGA guy. I don't care. Okay, my job is not to get one party elected. I say it every day. I'm just, you know, talk show host. That's why I'm so successful. Because most people in media are activists. Activism takes energy. You got to go to rallies. You got to fight with people all day on Twitter. I'm not stopping. I don't know you that. I'm a talk show host. I'm your radio buddy. I'll talk to you as an honest person, give you real opinions on stuff. And that's what kind of works is I'm not sitting here telling you I know what I'm doing. I'm sitting here passing the buck, the burden of responsibility onto you. I'm like, this is our show. I'm not the star. We are. Pick up the phone. Carry the day. That's just how white folks will do you. That's totally how I'm doing you. Okay. I am not a activist. I am a talk show host. I just want to converse with you honestly. And I can tell you it is my honest opinion that they're just abusing this poor guy. You know, three weeks ago, he did a 60 minutes interview where he was like, you know, to anybody who's not sure about my mental fitness to run again, just watch me. Well, we watched you. (laughs) We watched you. All right. And uh, since he made that declaration on 60 minutes, you know, if you're a question of my mental, just watch me. The proof of the pudding is in the eating, is what he said. Not quite the exact statement you say the proof is in the pudding, but it's Biden. He's a mess. Since we've watched him, he shook hands with invisible people. He spoke out about Jackie Walorski, who sadly and tragically is no longer with us. She died. Do you remember? He got caught talking to dead people like we were watching The Sixth Sense. Okay, we saw him wander off the stage at FEMA into the middle of the audience, so much so that the FEMA coordinator had to go get him. We saw the event at the White House where Jill Biden had to show him which way to go. And how many events have we seen in the last three weeks where he has finished a speech and taken longer to get off the stage than he did to actually give the speech? Because the guy's just a mess. 
I don't take joy in saying that. I think it's terrible that we're doing this to the guy. But that's why the Democrats are going to railroad him when this is over. None of these policies are Biden's. Yes, he's the president. He's signing the iTunes user agreement. But the far left wing of this party that voted for him only did so because they were promised they would get a a Bernie Sanders presidency. Hey, we know you hate Biden, but we need your support. So the AOCs, the Rashida Tlaibs, the Ayanna Presleys, can you just get out there and understand that Biden will be the president in name – But we'll jam through every far left policy we've ever dreamt of once we get him into power. And that's exactly what they've done. Okay, but understand when this midterm comes and goes, the Democrats are going to lose everything, everything. But do you think the Democrats are going to take ownership of those losses? The answer would be no. No, they're going to put it on Joe Biden. Okay, despite his attempts to push the buck onto mega MAGA triple down. Here's that sick joke. Clip seven. It's mega, mega trickle down, mega, mega trickle down, the kind of policies that have failed the country before and will fail it again. You're a loony. Mega, mega trickle down. Okay, again, the balls of whoever put that into the teleprompter, knowing how hard he'd have with alliteration. Mega, mega triple trickle down. Did we have under mega, mega? Uh, did we have the inflation? No. Did we have the border problem? No. Did we have the fuel prices? No. Did we have the Taliban sitting on $85 billion of our weapons? No. You want to know what we did have? The lowest unemployment rate in recorded history. Okay, not only for Americans, but for African-Americans and Latinos. You know what else we had? Tax cuts for the first time in the last 50 years made the lower end of the economic scale grow a higher percentage of household wealth than the upper 1% of income earners in this country. You know, the sad reality is every time he says mega MAGA, he's reminding of us a better time in this country. And I'm not even saying that to defend Donald Trump. I'm just defending reason and truth and honesty. No one can look in the mirror and say to themselves with a straight face that they're better off now than they were two years ago. Why? Because we have a man who's running the country who'd be better suited to be a sleep aid than he is to be a president. And we're back after this if you're having trouble sleeping ask your doctor about bidenica the sleep aid made from 100 percent joe biden press conference the best way to get something done if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh um, like to be able to anyway Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica. And I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. Common sense from a not-so-sensible man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the it's the horse sense of the guy that gets you. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
My goodness gracious. Ted Cruz was just on The View. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I don't know what Teddy Ballgame was thinking, but he's going to be on our show uh, later this week. We will talk to Ted Cruz. We might even have to play some clips from The View. No, God. No, God, please, no. No, no. You're safe for now because Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody's coming up and batting lead off for her out in Los Angeles, California. Barry is on the line. Yo, Barry. Jimmy, um, I agree. Uh, B- Biden is totally cognitively impaired. However, not totally mm-hmm. at times. He knows exactly what he's doing. He-, he has two motivations in his life. Number one, anything anti-Trump. Number two, to be better than Barack Obama. <laughs> when, he- when something happened, when something happens, it- it's because either somebody said, hey, if you do this, it's going to be against Trump. Or, hey, if you do this, it'll be better than Barack Obama. That's what's happening. He's well aware of everything that he's doing. Yes, he goes in and out way too too much more than he should. But Mm -hmm. bottom line, he knows what he's doing. You think so? So you think this is all like a calculated strategy by Biden to just constantly contrast himself with Trump? Is that what you're saying? Joe Biden has always been a very stupid, insecure person. He, like I said, it's not uh, as I told your call screener. One of them is anti-Trump. The other one, is, however, is he's also very jealous of Barack Obama, and he, he's doing, he's trying to outdo Barack Obama as well. Well, those are his two motivations. Well, he might outdo Obama when it comes to losing seats in Congress, but I don't know if there's any other way he'll be able to I'm compete. Just, I'm just saying that's the it's he know you know too many people say oh he doesn't know what he's doing. That's not true. Is he coming up with the ideas? Probably not. Mm. But it's somebody says, hey, this tr- this is against Trump, or hey, this is better than even Barack Obama. And he's like, okay. He doesn't care about the result. He just wants it to look that's It's a, all perception. That's a take, Barry. It's a take. I don't know if uh, – I don't know what percentage of the audience agrees. I will poll them. I'll poll the Florida attorney general. Is everything else good in, <laughs> is everything else good in L.A.? Everything is fine. My uh, my Dodgers uh, went the way of your Yankees oh, in the series man. earlier. It was unbelievable. I got to tell you the uh, the Phillies look they just look like the now team in the Na- you know in the National League, and I guess they are because they go into the World Series. But I don't know how this this four days off is going to help them or the Astros. I don't know who benefits one way or the other. If you had a prediction, would you bet the Phillies or the Astros? Uh, the, the 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 Astros have just been Astros have been on fire yeah. for. What since June, whereas the Phillies just now. I, hot team I at the right time, though. I don't know. I mean, listen. Yeah, but they're they're both hot. So I don't know who's tougher to play in front of because the Astros steal your signs, but the Phillies will beat you up. You know what I mean? They're the most violent fans <laughs> in sports. So there's no easy way to do this. I mean, I don't know who has the bigger home field advantage: the sign stealers or the people that are going to hit you with a stop sign when they rip it out of the ground. Tough call. Um, great call as always, Barry. I will run your uh, your Biden theory through the polls, and we'll talk again soon. All right, brother. Thanks, Jimmy. Have a good one. You too, my man. The great Barry out in Los Angeles, California listening on the west coast it's so crazy to me that you guys are listening all over the world uh we're going to be talking with ashley moody from the great state of florida when we come back uh she is of course listening down there and one of the repercussions of all of these lockdowns you know the ones florida wasn't a part of is we're just getting studies out today that say american school scores test scores have absolutely positively plummeted in the states where people were locked down. I love the poorly educated. Well, there's plenty of them out there. We'll discuss it next.
It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. We are, of course, broadcasting live from Fox News headquarters in New York City. I'm the one New Yorker who hasn't just abandoned the place and moved down to Florida. Uh, joining us now, the reason everybody is moving down to Florida. If you read the U-Haul surveys, they, tell, they say the attorney general is amazing. We just got to live there. Uh, Florida AG Ashley Moody back on the show to confirm such things. Hello, hello. Uh, great to be with you. Is that, is Thank that, you. Is that true that on the U-Haul surveys, you're listed as reason number one everybody <laughs> moves to Florida? Well, you know, I think we should get you to move to Florida. Then we would really have arrived. Let me let's let me jump in here, uh, Moody. All right, just hold on a second. I don't mean to get all unprofessional, but I got to lose like twenty pounds before I move to Florida. <laughs> I am like, I'm a good diet away from year-round beach material. Can we just talk about that? Well, there are lots of other reasons, as you well know, to move to Florida other than our beaches. And I would say a lot of those core values can be discussed and celebrated indoors. So, <laughs> that's funny ashley moody kicking me out of the pool party already i haven't even gotten there i haven't even packed the bags this is unbelievable well <laughs> well let me jump in here as a parent uh you know we've discussed our children on the show frequently halloween is coming one of the things we were just discussing on america's newsroom i uh, was talking to bill and dana uh is the fact that you know inflation is shrinking the size of the candy but sadly we still get full-size fentanyl what is the situation with fentanyl at halloween because i've had so many listeners reach out to me about this and in in terms of what my message should be, I'm deferring to you. Right. And and this is such a great message. So important. And thank you for bringing this to the attention of your listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, in Florida, we're advising parents to have the difficult conversations with your kids right now. It has never been more important as to why you don't take anything. You don't know where it comes from. Don't take even if it's rainbow colored from a friend, don't take it. Mm-hmm. As you know, Jimmy, we've seen rainbow color pills coming across the border, uh, you know, fentanyl pills. And now we are seeing fentanyl pills being put into candy wrappers. Just week, just last week, they seized fentanyl being packaged in Whopper, Sweet Tart, and Skittle packages, which as a parent who has a kid that will be going trick-or-treating, it's horrifying. Yeah, it's it's really scary stuff. Um, you know, and we've been talking about it up here. Uh, my son comes on the show every Friday, uh, you know, kind of talks about his high school football games. He's got like a little bit of a relationship with the audience. And I have given him this speech to the point of exhaustion, because what I don't think people understand about this conversation we're having is that, you know, people have taken fentanyl. And they're dying instantly. And, you know, we conflate this with overdosing. It's oftentimes described as an overdose, but these are pure poisonings. You know, an overdose, the connotation is you took a lot of it and it caught up to you. But to be clear, fentanyl is killing people who take it instantly, is it not? It is. As you know, two grains of sand, the the equivalent in fentanyl can kill an adult uh, person. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, we are saying this is poison. It's being put in things that you wouldn't even imagine. A lot of kids who are inclined to take a pill from a friend, thinking it may be Adderall or some other type of pill, uh, you know, are taking pills that have fentanyl in them and dying. So, you know, it's incredibly important to understand this is now in our country at unsustainable rates. The the potency of it, coupled with the amount of the sheer volume of fentanyl that's in our country, is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we have to to be on alert. If you have, if you struggle with addiction and you have in the past and you've thought about getting control of it and getting treatment, now is the time. 
because this stuff is being put into all kinds of substances, and it is killing people on the spot. You are right. Yeah, it's crazy. We're talking to Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody, who is on the line. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, we just kind of secure the border and be done with this. But it doesn't sound like the problem's going away anytime soon. And that's, you know, I think the bigger frustration is if this is the leading killer of American adults between the ages of 18 and 45, I feel like it deserves a lot more attention than it's getting. But sadly, it's not getting that attention, which I consider a dereliction of duty by everybody in the media. It's not, especially by the White House. And yeah. I believe that it's because. If Biden starts talking about fentanyl, I mean, I dare some. Look at this year. Has he used the word fentanyl in any tweet or anything? No. And because if he does, he has to start admitting that his policies and his failure to enforce the laws that are on the books at the border have put the American population at risk. It's directly responsible for some of the horrible things that we see happening. I mean, I just announced this morning. Jimmy, a human trafficking case where eight women were smuggled across the border, told they had to pay their smuggler $60,000 by committing um, sex, you know, by performing mm-hmm. sex acts. They would add to the amounts they charge them for food, gas, housing. Um, you know, we found the ledgers. They, could, they took their IDs. They didn't let them out of the house unless someone was with them. You know, this is a direct manifestation at the cri- of the crisis at the border. And so is fentanyl. You know, and if you look at the numbers, it tells the story. Just in this September, they just released the numbers. Mm -hmm. They said they had 227,000 encounters. That does not include the people that got away. Mm -hmm. 227,000 encounters at the border. In September of 2019, that number was 52,000, and that was considered a surge year. So we've quadrupled the amount of people coming in. There is no security. The, the the overwhelming surge is so bad, it's increasing drug trafficking, fentanyl deaths, human trafficking. I mean, you know, we expected a lot of our law enforcement before. Mm-hmm. Now think of what they're dealing with. Yeah, no, what they're doing now is crazy, and morale isn't exactly the best because this administration hasn't exactly had their backs. And, you know, you know what drives me nuts? I, I keep making this analogy, and you wouldn't know anything about this. You're an attorney general, but some of us, okay, who were underage drinkers in college, okay, I always say that Biden has turned our border into that college bar that doesn't check ID, meaning when you found out you were 19, you could get into the bar with no ID. That bar got really crowded really quickly because all the people who weren't supposed to be there knew they could suddenly get in. And that's kind of what's happened at our border. We're seeing these massive migrant turnouts because the message is never what you say, it's what you do. And if people are being encountered at our border and ultimately led into the country 99 times out of 100, we're kind of incentivizing the inhumane things that you just described, are we not? And you are absolutely right. The reason we have in place public safety immigration laws And presumably an immigration system at all, which this administration has done everything they can do to upend it totally, is because we've got to know who's coming in and vet them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at just those that are on the terrorist watch list, Mm -hmm. in the past year, uh, we have – I think they've encountered more people on the terrorist watch list than the past five years combined times four. That's crazy. Now – Take drug trafficking, smuggling, uh, fentanyl, take all that aside, which in and of itself is enough. Mm -hmm. But if we're, you know, we have to trust that our administration, our president has the security of its nation in mind and as a a primary goal, right? Mm -hmm. 
are, are yeah. we not a nation if we're not trying to protect its citizens and 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 protect the country? Yeah. That stat should strike fear in the heart of every American that they have let this border crumble to the point where we now have people flooding in that are on the terrorist watch list. It has it has so skyrocketed, and those are just the ones that we have caught. Gosh, that is so crazy. We're talking to Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. Really quickly, I wanted to throw this out there. I saw your governor last week declare that Florida wasn't going to be following any type of CDC mandate in terms of vaccinations for kids. Uh, But there was a second level to that story uh, that we kind of followed up on this morning, which is that test scores are out. And in the states that locked down, they saw a precipitous drop in academic gains because of the lockdowns and the remote learning. Do you guys feel any validation at all in knowing you kept things open? Well, you know, we knew that was right for children. Hey, I was one of the parents uh, at home initially that was like, how are we going to move forward as a society if our children aren't going to school every day? You know, by the way, I have a young child. But remember, don't what is shocking to me is how, you know, the Democrats and the administration are trying to run from this or or say that. They were the ones that kept schools open. I'm like, hey, I can tell you, I remember. Mm-hmm. The DeSantis got sued when yeah. he tried to keep kids in school. Yeah, They tried to keep him from, from putting kids in school. So, yes, it was absolutely the right decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so proud of our state. Obviously, I'm a fifth-generation Floridian. I've never been more proud of our state wow. or its leadership or its policies. Um, we're moving in the right direction. Yep. The people moving down here and the numbers show that. One day you're going to be part of that. <laughs> I'm not putting plastic on my couch, Ashley Moody. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I, I, I got a lot of Italian relatives. I got a lot of plastic down waiting for me to sit on down in the state of Florida. Well, if um, you come down, I'll buy you a plastic flamingo for your yard. <laughs> I don't doubt you will. I'm telling you. It's quite a recruitment pitch. I'll mull it over and get back to you. But thank you for your time today, as always. You're the cat's pajamas, as you know. Absolutely. Have a great day. You too. The great Ashley Moody from the great state of Florida trying to recruit me with a plastic pink flamingo. I got to be honest, it's not nothing. Nobody else ever offered me a plastic pink flamingo. I I will take it under consideration is what I'll do. Uh, But it's so fascinating because in her state, let's just remember what she just said. They got sued. They got sued for opening the schools. Do you remember when Joe Biden said it was Neanderthal thinking and the media said, oh, he's experimenting with the lives of children? Okay, lo and behold, all this time later, Florida has better COVID numbers than anybody else out there. More people are moving to Florida than any other state in the country. And oh, by the way, everybody on the left is now pretending that they never wanted any of these lockdowns in the first place. Democrats are so full of crap. They really are. And that's been an ongoing thing. You know, last week we were playing you the Fauci clips where he's like, I never shut anything down. And then we played that up against a clip of him saying, and I advise the president to shut everything down. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. But that's the biggest problem right now is politics have always been a perpetual fight for power. Okay, always, always, always. But we've never seen the fight get so reckless that the peripheral harm is being done to children. But when it comes to like CDC, you know, vaccine guidelines, when it comes to lockdowns, when it comes to mask mandates, the kids have been the casualty in every single one of these instances. You understand? 
Okay, here is this is so crazy. Okay, okay, uh, Fairfax County parents were on Fox and Friends this morning, and uh, here is Amy Bowman and was just explaining how all of those pandemic lockdowns gave people like Ashley Moody, okay, you know, parents anyway, not people like Ashley Moody because their schools were open, but parents who were dealing with homeschooled children. They were now getting some entree into what was going on in the classroom, okay? And they were hearing that, wow, this doesn't sound like addition and subtraction. This doesn't sound like long division. Sounds like critical race theory. This sounds like some type of liberal indoctrination camp. What the hell's going on? Here's a parent explaining her experience. Clip 24. What's really shocking is that it's the college-bound students that are taking the ACTs in the first place. So those numbers are actually quite a bit higher that students graduating are not meeting those basic benchmarks in reading, math, and et cetera. And for COVID, you know, yes, there's two years of learning loss. Nobody can deny it, not even the teachers' unions at this point. But you don't get those ACT scores without having a longer-term problem with reading and math and, and benchmarks. It just it's not a two-year problem. And COVID just kind of blew the lid off all of these underlying issues in education. But think about that. So COVID screws up everything, every underlying thing in education. Here is really quick, okay, on Face the Nation. They had a panel, and the panel trashed the school co- the school curriculum, clip 25. We should be pushing the actual school studies, math, social studies, science, not, you know, gender studies you can teach them one thing at home but when they go to school they're just as much influenced by their teachers and their surroundings think about that but here is okay joe biden with parents saying ah we gotta learn (laughs) kids aren't learning everything's screwed up here's joe biden at the white house saying well we've got to push sex reassignment surgery you can't ban it clip six do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. Okay, understand this is the Democratic answer. Republicans, most parents around the country, this is how Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia. Okay, Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia because parents were like, hey, can we do something in school besides tell my kid he's racist for being white every day? And they were like, sure, we can tell your kid he can get a gender transition surgery in kindergarten and said. What the hell did you just say? That's what they said. Wow, drag shows for children. And there's no biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. But the Democrats don't want to acknowledge that. So while we have every kid in this country failing to do addition, in, in all honesty, that'll be the reason the Democrats deal with so much subtraction in the midterms. OK, they're going to get smoked because when it comes to schools, they've prioritized everything except the children themselves. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. Well, that was different. Yep, lousy, but different. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
to go between now and the midterms. Joe Biden sitting down with a TikTok star named Dylan Mulvaney, who at the time was on his or hers. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. 222nd day of being a girl. Uh, Dylan Mulvaney sat down with Joe Biden and Biden did an interview uh, with Dylan Mulvaney. That was the interview in which he said it's wrong to ban sexual reassignment surgery. Really quick, I bring this up as a parent because and I'm telling you this because I care. I'm not being a Republican. I'm not saying I'm against this because Biden said so. I'm saying this is because I've been lucky enough to raise a child. Okay, let's be clear. It was mostly Jenny's work. But if you've been around a developing child, you know that everything they go through is so fluid. Their favorite toy, their favorite show, their favorite food, everything about them is in a rapid and constant state of development. The idea that we should be encouraging kids to get sexual reassignment surgery at a time when every single thing about them is still changing. That's not right. It's beyond barbaric is what it is. You're talking about an irreversible change to your body, to your physical gender for the rest of your life based on a decision you made when you were five years old, dude. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Sorry. Can't help you with that one, Joey. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up for a big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Madison Jesse Otto. Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert, to be specific. Uh, Republican nominee in the 13th Congressional District of Ohio, OH. She is going to be joining us in this hour to talk about the epidemic as we close in now, 15 days till the midterms. There's an epidemic of people avoiding debates. Okay, tomorrow night, we've got John Fetterman squaring off against Dr. Oz. That's going to be a doozy. Uh, But it's the one and only debate Pennsylvania voters are getting here in New York. We've got our. Sit-in gubernatorial uh, nominee on the Democratic side, Kathy Hochul, who is, of course, filling in for Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! But she is giving Lee Zeldin as the polls titan one debate on Spectrum Television, which is not even something 90% of New Yorkers will get to watch. What the hell is the world coming to? Well, I got to tell you, they say defense wins championships in sports, but defense does not win championships when it comes to politics. And that if you can't get out there and defend your record and make the case for why people should vote for you, you don't deserve to be in office. I think he's got a point. But apparently nobody mentioned that to Katie Hobbs, who is, of course, the gubernatorial Democratic nominee out in Arizona. Now, we had Carrie Lake on the show a week ago, and we talked about it at the time. Carrie Lake is surging. You know, she had a 27-year media career, so she's very comfortable in front of that camera. More importantly, very comfortable reading the media their truth. Remember last week they were like, you're an election denier. And she's like, oh, you brought up election denying. Here's a list of 100 Democrats who denied the results of the 2016 election. (laughs) She has been schooling the media. Like, they're getting their asses handed to her every time they try to take the fight to Carrie Lake. And that's one of the reasons why Katie Hobbs won't debate her. I've been playing these clips for a little while now. Katie Hobbs was asked again yesterday about whether or not they're going to have this debate. And this is, it's a minute and 15 seconds, this clip, but you have to hear the squirmy desperation. And why? Why is the squirmy desperation their strategy? Because they would rather run on 
they'd rather run on their fake caricature of their opponent than their own real record. Remember, last week, Katie Hobbs refused to give a limit on abortion. Do not support any limits on abortion, which is horrific. Okay, there is a clear-cut line where abortion goes from abortion to infanticide, but she doesn't want to acknowledge that line. Why? Because it might alienate, like, three radical Democrats whose votes she really, really needs. They're crazy. Okay, but that's what she's got to cater to. Again, you cannot, you cannot run on these records. You can't get out to the voters and be like, give the Democrats another shot. We'll have more inflation. The border will be even wider. Wide open. Oh, you like expensive gas? Come on down. They can't do it. So what they're doing instead is rather than defending their policies, they're just running away from them. Here's Katie Hobbs. This is a fascinating clip. It's clip 11. Why have you refused to debate your opponent? She wants to go head-to-head, toe-to-toe with you, with a moderator. Dozens of interviews and had uh, press availability across the state, and we're going to continue to do that and talk directly to the voters. But don't you think perhaps some of your opponents say it makes you look weak? You also refuse to deba- debate your primary opponent as well. Well, that was a different story, and I won that uh, by a wide margin, so it was not an issue. But um, I... Uh, As far as I'm concerned, the debate about debates is over. I'm running my campaign the way I'm running my campaign. I'm going to continue to make the case directly to voters. The the case you make to them, and not to to belabor that point, is they they do. It are tough times for a lot of folks. We talk about the economy, inflation, and I know there's a rising cost of living here. Uh, People are putting somebody in that office that they want to stand up for them and fight Mm -hmm. for them. At worst, it could come off as you're scared to step on that stage. And at best, you're not willing to confront. We're in a new era where, where sometimes some politicians are seen as bullies. And we've been taught since we were little kids, you got to stand up to a bully. You won't, you, you understand how that might come across. How do you make a case? We want to send you to fight for us, but you won't even step I, on stage with I have stood up to this bully for the past two years. Uh, and that's, and Arizonans have seen that, and I'm going to continue to do that. Shut up, will you shut up? Okay, she's not standing up. To Carrie Lake, okay, she won't even debate Carrie Lake. This is what you need to get, okay? You send people to elected office, whether you're sending them up to Albany, which is where I am in New York, that's my state capital, or you're sending them to Washington because you're sending in a senator or a congressman. Okay, the point is you're sending them there to fight for you, okay? If this person can't square off on a debate stage and defend their ideas, in a, to be clear, secure and stable and easy environment of TV. There is no world where these people can stand up for you behind closed doors in the face of lobbyist pressure, in the face of Washington swamp pressure, in the face of the social pressure of party elders, party elites that are making specific demands of you to toe the party lines. The point is, if you can't stand up to Carrie Lake, what are the odds you're standing up to the cartels who are overwhelming Arizona's border? The chances are zero. I admire your honesty. Okay, this person is a clown and is not fit for office. (laughs) Again and again and again. Okay, if you are buying a car... And someone says, well, here's the car, can't check the engine, can't check the accident history, take it or leave it, here's the car, you're not going to buy that car. Now understand, this is a governor that's in charge of every car, not just yours. Okay, are you going to buy a governor? Are you going to vote? 
You're going to write that check in the voting booth to purchase this type of leadership that won't even debate its opponents? Of course you're not. You'd have to be a crazy person. But this is the status quo now. Like the Fetterman thing tomorrow night going up against Dr. Oz. Gosh, I hope to Dr. Oz is smart enough to know that, yeah, Fetterman does seem to have a debilitating health condition. But who cares? Okay, I'm fine with anybody in any condition representing our government if they have good ideas. The problem is Fetterman on multiple occasions has been the lone vote to let violent murderers out of jail, even when he was a mayor in Braddock, Pennsylvania. It's not the fact that Fetterman can't complete a sentence. It's the fact that prisoners aren't completing their sentences under his watch. That's the issue. You can talk to me about extremes. You can tell me in mega maga and ultra mega. None of that matters, okay? What matters is policy. What matters is the people behind these policies. And we have horrific policies right now in this country that are very much running the entire thing into the ground. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. Okay, we have tons of people who have no idea what they're doing. Okay, most of them were put there because of their identities. It's like we always joke about Corrine Jean-Pierre in the White House. I mean, she really, pound for pound, is, you know, the, the most underqualified White House press secretary we've ever had. You've never watched a White House press secretary repeatedly go to the binder and say, I've got nothing for you. Let me check the binder. No, I got nothing. Let me check the binder. I got nothing. So what's the point of even being out there? Okay, the point of being out there is that she checks boxes. Hey, I'm a a, a lesbian of color, and we've never had one of those before as White House press secretary. Great. That's fine. I'm all for firsts. I don't begrudge her her sexual orientation, her gender, her background, her origin story, whatever you want to frame it as, I'm fine with. What I'm not fine with is having somebody at the podium who has no idea what the hell they're doing, okay? And that's the bigger issue. But that's what we're talking about, too, with Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't have a record she can sell to you. That's why she doesn't want to debate. She just wants to tell you, oh, Carrie Lake's an extremist. That's it's racism. It's, uh, uh, I don't know, transphobia or something. I don't know. She's an election denier. That's my favorite one. They they literally call Republicans election deniers, election deniers. You are an election denier. Republicans are backing election deniers. Okay, what does that make these people? As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Do you agree that Donald Trump is, in effect, not a legitimate president? I think that there's no question that the process that elected him was not legitimate. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. So do you believe President Trump is an illegitimate president? Based on what I just said, which I can't retract. (laughs) (laughs) Trump knows he's an illegitimate president who got illegitimate foreign help. I'm surrounded by idiots. Okay, every one of those people that told you the election was not legitimate 
somehow not labeled as election deniers by the media. Neither are these people who said all the voting machines were hacked. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know that hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into fairly quickly. I actually held a demonstration for my colleagues here at the Capitol um, where we brought in um, folks who before our eyes hacked election machines. Um, those that are not, those that are being used in many states. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Again, Every Republican running, every Republican running, the first question they get asked by the media is, is Joe Biden really the president? Do you accept the election results because you're an election denier? If you challenge the legitimacy of a president, you know, unless you're a Democrat, in which case three years of election denial, that none, none of that matters. It's more importantly, uh, January 6th or something like that. It's a scam. Okay, the point is when you go to the polls in the midterms, my job is not to tell you how to vote. It's just not. Okay, I do not want to be in charge of our democracy. I don't. I just want to be a talk show host, want to be a radio buddy. That's all I'm asking for. But you got to go vote for people, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, anything in between. I do not care. Okay, vote for the people whose ideas resonate with you and whose character, okay, makes you believe they're willing to go out and fight for those ideas and not just roll over and be a rubber stamp for whatever the political interest in Washington tell them to be. That's the biggest crisis we're facing right now. It's not, you know, a crime problem or an inflation problem. It's a stupid problem. We have stupid people in Washington who have a lot of really bad ideas. And then we have powerful, swampy, corrupt people like the Nancy Pelosi's of the world who can easily manipulate the stupid people into doing everything they want and just going along with their agenda. And that's why we get a lot of ridiculous policies in Washington. That's also why we get a lot of projection, Okay, meaning if you're going to go into the voting booths and you're going to vote against the Republican, well, there's, you know, they did a bad thing, so forget policy, it's character. The problem with that is if you're going to vote Democrat because of something a Republican a Republican's been accused of, you know, 99 times out of 100, the Republicans are getting accused of it. Why? Because the Democrats did it first. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. When you're right. Critics are calling it the funniest show on the radio. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, maybe. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I almost had it. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's an apology. 
You don't get a lot of these out of me. I lead floor first. It's the one thing I do every day. Say, I'm a mess. That's I, I mean, that's the whole hook. Is that, uh, you know, I'm as human as anybody. And I don't get on the air claiming to be this omnipotent, all-knowing broadcaster. Uh, But I do owe you an apology. Donna Brazil is a jackass. And I had her on my show a lot when she was uh, here at Fox during the pandemic. Because in the infancy stages of the pandemic, I was really going like so far out of my way to remind everybody this is not an us against them moment. I'm going to be bringing on Democrats. We're just going to talk about what we're doing at home and be cool. And some of you might remember that in the beginning of the pandemic, I used to have Donna Brazile on like she was on my air and we weren't talking politics. We were talking about what she was drinking and she was funny. She was fun. She gave us recipes and we had a lot of laughs and we did like anything but politics at the time. You suck! That's what a lot of you said. But I stood my ground. I'm like, hey, it's a pandemic. I'm not using this platform to spread division. But lo and behold, I do feel like Donna Brazil has hurt my strength of schedule. You know in college football, you know, when you beat a team in week one, and at the time they're ranked three in the country, so it really helps you in the standings. But then they go on to lose like three more games, so it no longer helps your strength of schedule. There was a time where I considered Donna Brazil coming on the show to be a little bit of a, a positive for the show and for its story. <laughs> Not after yesterday. Donna Brazil, and this is so embarrassing. I say all the time we're living in the death of shame. Okay, Donna Brazil is, of course, the person who got caught leaking debate questions to Hillary Clinton. This is not okay. Said said people at the time, and I was certainly one of them. Okay, but what Donna Brazil did yesterday is she echoed Joe Biden's claims that these Georgia voter ID laws are Jim Crow. Okay, and I just got to be honest with you. I have to draw the line at Jim Crow because it's such an insult to people that legitimately suffered under real Jim Crow laws. You know, things that terrorized people out of voting, things that, you know, burnt down houses, got people beaten, made them pay poll taxes and literacy clauses and everything in between. But here's Donna Brazil talking over Mark Short, the Republican panelist, to say that this is Jim Crow. Clip 12. This is something even even this election cycle, Joe Biden has said the election reforms in Georgia are Jim Crow 2.0. You have record numbers of people voting early in Georgia. Record numbers of African-Americans voting early, and yet the Democrats are saying it's Jim Crow 2.0. It is. It is. Unfortunately, it is Jim Crow. And in, in, in the case How of that? It, it's, it's Jim Crow, SB 202, as you well know, allow anyone to challenge the uh, validity of a voter. There are many African-Americans and others, young people especially, who are going out to vote and they're being challenged. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You're so ugly, you can be a modern art masterpiece. (laughs) Why, you little maggot, you make me want to vomit. People are not happy. And you want to know something? What she just said is disgusting. Disgusting. There's nobody out there going out to vote, being denied the right to vote. Has anyone, any media outlet, anybody making this claim, whether it's Donna Brazile or even somebody like Stacey Abrams? Stacey Abrams is full of And we know that she is full of why? Because to this day, despite all these claims of voter suppression, Democrats, their allies in the media, have not brought back a single solitary registered voter who was denied the right to vote. Yet they're out there every day. Oh, it's voter suppression. This is totally false. Okay, when you make an equivalence between Jim Crow, this is Jim Crow. It, it, those are exact words. It is. It is, unfortunately. It is Jim Crow. And this case is Jim Crow. Dude, Jim Crow. 
Okay, are you kidding me? It's one of the most heinous things that ever happened to this country. I hate that the Democrats did it, but it doesn't give them the right to bring it back. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. It's a busy week for me. I'm going to be one lucky guy on the outnumbered couch Wednesday. You'll see me on Gutfeld with our lovable comedy dwarf, Greg Gutfeld, this coming Thursday night. If you miss me today on America's Newsroom, I have posted that clip of myself, Dana Perino, and Bill Hammer. Dana joining us on tomorrow's show here in studio as well. It really is. We say an embarrassment of radio riches, but Fox, they go out and they put together like a first-class top-shelf guest list on this show, and it makes me look a lot more credible than I am. Okay, and joining us now on the program is yet another example of that. She is a superstar congressional candidate in the 13th District of Ohio. Madison, Jesse Otto Gilbert, back on the show. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I wasn't out knocking on doors all weekend like some people. Um, How did that go? You should have been, I know. I should have been been stumping for you. I I was reverse stumping for you. I was in the bar. I got you one voter. I had one Ohio friend. So you got that going for you. You're welcome. I'll take all the votes, so keep spreading the word. (laughs) It's too funny, but, like, I'm so fascinated by this because, you know, watching your star rise, watching you out there on the campaign trail, I am watching everything you post, and you guys are, like, actually talking about, you know, issues, like things people care about. Is it not a little weird to you? That even this late in the game, we got 15 days to go until Election Day. I was playing this Pelosi clip earlier in the show where she's like, we need to change the subject on inflation. It's a problem everywhere. Get over it. But do you find that's a consolation? If someone's getting crushed by inflation, I don't know that get over it is the winning campaign message they think it is. It's the exact opposite. As we see across the country, Democrats are running scared. They're going to lose incumbents. They're going to lose many of these competitive open seats like mine because of the fact that they're out of touch. People every day are struggling with the cost of living. And they keep saying, oh, well, we want to talk about the cost of living. But you simply cannot talk about the cost of living without talking about the bad policies that have caused the inflation and how they continue to spend money we simply don't have. They've spent over $3.5 trillion in less than a year and a half of being in control of the House, the Senate, and the White House. We all know the reality of what that causes, and people are feeling it. And I think they're going to vote based off of that on November 8th, as simple as that. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I think if you look at the trend lines now, you know, there was a little bit over the summer, maybe in July and August, you know, the Democrats and the media were kind of telling them everything was going to be okay. But I think if you're looking at polling now, we're waking up to a very different reality. Um, Are they at the point now in your race where you're being called horrible names because no one wants to debate you on policy? Or are you still a week away from that? Oh, no, we've been there for a long time, and I'm I'm ready and, you know, continue to deal with it, but I don't really care because at the end of the day, we have the winning message. We have the winning policies. People are going to hate. They're going to say what they say, but they are only saying it because, as you point out, they have nothing to debate on. They don't have the right side of the issues. They aren't on the right side of the policies, and so they don't have much to offer to people. So all they can do is try to distract by talking about nonsense you know, off in left field instead of talking about the reality of of what's going on in the community that they claim to care about. Yeah, it's really weird. We're talking to Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert. She's, of course, Republican nominee in Ohio's 13th congressional district, and she's riding high right now. The campaign's going well. The Buckeyes just won again. I mean, have you thought about the dangers of your job of door knocking on a day of heaven forbid the Buckeyes lose, or do you just have it in your head that they're never going to lose, so you're fine? 
we don't lose, so we're all good out here. <laughs> That's the right message. It is. And, and let's not forget that I am a Buckeye, unlike my opponent. So, Well, I, all right, so I bring this up, okay? You're running against a non-Buckeye, but at the campus the other night, in the Senate race, Tim Ryan shows up to Ohio State the other night. And I, w- I am willing to believe Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach, would draw a bigger crowd than Tim Ryan did. There was like 50 people there. The Democrats simply just don't draw crowds at all. I mean, we saw it back in 2020 when Joe Biden was doing his little circle events once every seven months, and he had 10, 12 people, 30 people at the most. And you're running for, gosh darn, president of the United States, and you can't draw a crowd. The Democrats' bench is just not as deep as the Republicans' bench right now. That's a separate issue on a national front. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, in general, they're just not that exciting. And we continue. I mean, when you look at our pictures from our Saturday door launch uh, that we have every Saturday, we've been doing this since back in May, the incredible turnout has been just awesome. I mean, people are excited about what we have going on. And I think also about the shift in the Republican Party. I think people across the country are seeing the Republican Party is starting to look and feel more like America. More younger candidates are running for office. More women are running for office, more minorities, more veterans, you know, more people are running for office that maybe we didn't see in this party 10, 20 years ago. And people are excited about that. Yeah, I, I really think they are. Um, but not Democrats are not excited about that. That's a thing. They, they, they are still trying to portray this party as if it's, you know, 100 years ago. Uh, they don't want to acknowledge the rise in this party of every demographic you just cited. But I think the bigger message, and I, I mentioned this to you the last time we were on, is the Republicans have become the fun side. It's really weird that the Democrats have embraced things like, incentivized grievance and you know everybody's always whining about America now and they're really trying to configure this America where everybody just gets out of bed looking for something to be upset about so they can show the rest of the world just how enlightened and perceptive they are but listen you're a Buckeye and just in regular life does does anybody you know get out of bed naturally hoping to be upset today I think fun is really where the action is is it not I mean, people just don't wake up trying to cancel other people. When you go to the majority of America, people are focused, again, on the economic issues. They're focused on the issues that impact them every day. They aren't thinking about these crazy things that the Democrats are talking about and focused on and keep putting to the forefront. And, of course, the mainstream media, you know, in conjunction with them, continuing to shove this down people's throats, but it's just not working. And that's the problem. And I think we'll continue, I, I hope at least, to see that shift of many people who had not been involved in politics before or maybe were on the other side that are starting to come over to our side because they're just sick of it. I mean, there was a time in which the Democratic Party fought, you know, in a certain way for the American worker. We just don't see that anymore. They're fighting for things that aren't in line with the majority of America. And that's the problem I think the Democratic Party has right now and is going to continue to have. Yeah, I, I agree. We're talking to Madison, Jesse, Otto Gilbert. Um, and I think that's the, that's their biggest problem is they're configured for an identity politics version of this country that doesn't exist anymore. People are just past it. We're just exhausted. Uh, you're never going to be at a party and say to yourself, I can't wait till the guy who gets offended by everything shows up, you know, because that guy never gets invited to parties. Number one. Number two, if he does sneak in, he's a drag. But here's a question I got to ask you. <laughs> Is True. is is your husband still paying attention to his Pittsburgh Steelers or is he just kind of moved on given the state of things? Um, well, we watch every game. We've been a little disappointed. We're excited for, for Pickett. I mean, I think yeah. he could be a good quarterback. He's very young. Obviously, it's his first season, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But 
Uh, we're still Steelers and Pickett fans over here. Okay, no, I'll give you that. My son Lincoln, you know, I have one kid. Obviously, the state wouldn't let us have two. They saw the first report card. They were like, you guys are done breeding for now. But, uh, no, Lincoln is a huge Steelers fan. So he's been he's been following Kenny Pickett like a wild man. And uh, I stayed up all night watching that game last night, so I just wanted to see if I had any company in the Jesse Otto Gilbert house is all. Um, one oh, yeah. last one. We watch them all. Okay, well, you do. You're a pro. Well, one last one then. Uh, we're 15 days from the midterms. What is the closing message on your side? Because on the other side, I keep hearing the closing messages will codify Roe versus Wade and climate change. I don't think anybody cares. Like, I don't think anybody is going to the polls for late-term abortion unless they were like a radical blue Democrat. And in terms of climate change, you could campaign another 50 years. You're probably not going to hear someone mention climate change in the 13th district. So what is, if you're a small business owner, a wife, a new mom, you're a conservative running for Congress, what is the closing message, Madison? Well, I think the closing message is right in line with that commitment to America that the Republican Party is now talking about. We want an economy that's strong, a nation that's safe, a future that's built on freedom, and a government that's accountable. These are the main core points of what we're talking about. Of course, we're talking about stopping that overspending in Washington, uh, doing a lot of the opposite of what the Democrats have done the past two years. Uh, but the main points, I think, are in line with the way people are feeling, and I think that'll pay off for us on November 8th. Yeah, you guys are in good shape, man. Don't, don't turn the ball over, as they say. But no, I have faith. Uh, but you just got to keep playing good ball because it's really fascinating, Madison, because in any and, and, you know, having run into a million times here at Fox over the years in any version of this country, you'd be great at what you're doing. But I almost feel like it's unfair because you're running against such stupidity. You're going to win. You're going to do great. But I almost feel like you deserve better than what you're running against just to show how good you are at this, because this is just a stampede of stupidity in Washington. Are, have you, did you ever think you'd be running against such dumb ideas? You know, when you look back even to 2016, I think you and I have talked about this before. So much of what they talked about when it came to Bernie Sanders and many other Democrats that were far left socialist parts of the party was considered to be out of the mainstream by the Democrats. They put these people down, said they didn't fit in the party. I never imagined that just four to six years later, we would see this become the norm of the party. And I think that's the most shocking thing of all of this. And then also, when you look back to 2020, I remember being on the campaign trail saying Joe Biden's going to do X, Y and Z. But I never thought it would happen as quick as it did. And so the Democrats have really shocked me in those two ways as to how far left they've moved, but also how quick they've moved that far. And what they've done in the past two years has been, or less than two years actually, has been just absolutely awful. People deserve better, and we have to provide them with that. We're with you. Uh, last question. Will the Buckeyes beat Penn State uh, this weekend? Absolutely they will. It'll be a great game. I love the whiteout games, but yeah. Buckeyes all day, every day. Hey, girl. We're laying the points on the road. Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert, she's giving you gambling tips. She's trying to save you. We got a 40-year high in inflation. The least you can do is win these people money, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen, Jimmy. Who can't get behind that type of candidacy? Good stuff out there. Keep playing good ball, okay, pal? Thanks. Talk to you soon. You too. There she goes. The great Madison Jesse Otto Gilbert says, bet the Buckeyes laying the points against Penn State. Now, the whiteout game... Is it is? It's a very exciting game. Okay, that's you go to Penn State. It's Saturday night. Everybody puts on white. You know, going to drown out our opponents. The problem is Ohio State is really good right now. <laughs> you know, they're putting up fifty points a game. Uh, they don't even have a man I consider to be their best receiver. Smith Nigjigma has been hurt most of the year. Hasn't really been getting a lot of reps. Uh, but they're just getting it done. And my girl Madison getting it done. You want to know why? Because the Democrats, I mean it though, 
They, I've never seen such a weak team, and I'm not saying that to you because I'm a Republican. Yo, I don't care. I really don't care, man. I like to host the show. I like to hear everybody's ideas. I'm not here rooting for one side to win or lose. I just want to have a good show every day. You know, I just want to get in and have fun and talk about things. But when you see what's being pushed, like people who won't debate, people who are running on, well, you know, more abortion or more climate change or Ukraine. I'm like, dude, listen to the voters. The, when you look at the top five issues running into the midterms, do you know what they all have in common? None of them are abortion, climate change or Ukraine. None of them. No, none of them are gender change. None of them. None of them. None of it matters. Nobody's running on any of that stuff if you're talking to voters. But if you're just talking about people in the media who want you to think they have their best interest in mind, then yeah, you're going to get a lot of emphasis on things like, oh, January 6th is what we got to do. January. Oh. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. I will prove it when I come back. I have an MSNBC clip that is laugh out loud funny. MSNBC sat down with, you know, a panel of voters. The midterms are coming. Let's talk to the voters. And all MSNBC did was hit him with January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. Is January 6th really on your mind? Not even close. It's laughable when you hear the viewer responses. We'll play when we come back. You're riding around with America's cabbie. Taxi. Taxi. You're hanging out with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Let's have a laugh. MSNBC sat down a panel of Pittsburgh voters. If you're listening on WJAS out in the Berg, uh, well done, everyone in Pittsburgh, who was asked by MSNBC to call January 6th the root of all evil, the determining factor in the 2022 midterms, the only thing that should be on anybody's mind when they go to the polls. This wasn't exactly the reaction MSNBC was hoping for. Take it away, Justin. Mastriano was at the insurrection, and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Opening doors. doors. So, yeah. I mean, I... They opened the gates. So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no, no, no. if they no, participated in January 6th. He, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police An unarmed officer. female veteran. Was That's the only one police. that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No. It was a stroke. That's not. That's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So, who what do you him. make, though, overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our, you know, it's the Capitol. That it looked a lot true. like Antifa's actions. Yeah, it looked a lot, of, except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the. Black Lives Matter riots. That's it's what I saw, the similarities to being. Minneapolis burns, Kenosha burns. But so it's okay just because, just because I, one side that you no, disagree with? I'm saying okay Antifa for, infiltrated. It's good for one, it's good for the other. Anybody I don't see it that Because <laughs> <laughs> you understand, what is she there to do? Get them to bash January 6th. Now understand, we've bashed January 6th. Bunch of chunky middle-aged white people running up the steps of the Capitol following some guy in a Chewbacca bikini. It's not good. We said it was bad. I was on the air for it. I'm like, this is horrible. But when the Democrats tried to repurpose it as, we've never seen anything like this in our lives. 
Dude, I mean, I, I'm not trying to minimize January 6th, but we've seen a lot worse than January 6th in the summer of 2020. Okay, January 6th resulted in the death of one unarmed Trump supporter, Ashley Babbitt. Okay, and that's certainly one too many. But you understand how many people died in the riots these panelists were just referring to? The Black Lives Matter riots caused $2 billion in property damage, predominantly to black-owned businesses. Forty-two people died in that carnage. Yet Kamala Harris was there tweeting to bail out violent protesters the day after they burnt down 100 black-owned businesses in the near north of Minneapolis. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> but here is more Pittsburgh just dumping on MSNBC. Anybody who caused property destruction, that needs to be dealt with. Yeah, but if you're there making side. your voice heard at the right. people's house, no less, yeah. th I, that's, again, it's a fundamental constitutional right of an American citizen. And people should not be being held political prisoner uh, because of it. For misdemeanors. That's I mean, East Germany. That's East Germany. Tactics. Yeah, that's what's scary. It was an actual fiery but mostly peaceful protest. <laughs> And the other ones that were the office. Was the protest legitimate our, in your our eyes? Administration, because... I feel like, is using it as their Reich dogfire. Yeah. That's exactly what they're using it as. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you think that President Trump could have quelled the violence that day? Not him personally. I don't think no. so, no. I don't think so. It started while he was still speaking. I was actually there. I, I, I was there to, to see what I thought was going to be the last time I ever saw Trump a little dying. So did he tell everybody to go and, and start riding? No. I didn't think so. No, I, and it actually, um, I, I, I stayed for the whole speech like a ton of people did. Mm -hmm. And then we all headed to the Capitol because he said, let's go to the Capitol and, and peacefully, let, peacefully let our voices keyword. be heard. And we get to the Capitol. And we're like, what the hell is going on? Because it had already happened. I'm pretty sure I saw Democratic operatives instigating people to oh, cross totally. barriers. <laughs> no single solitary reporter should ever say the words January 6th on a television set again. The people of Pittsburgh have spoken. Was January 6th bad? Yes. Was it unlike anything we've ever seen in our country? No. Was it a deadly white supremacist coup to overthrow the government? No. You're welcome to keep carrying on, but if you're looking at the poll numbers, Democrats and your allies in the media, nobody cares but you. Long story short, sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.